My name is Joel Renner, and I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment on this video as you watch it so more people can see this teaching. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that we are with you tonight. And the we is me, Denise, Paul, and Joel. Joel, welcome to Home Group. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be with you all, and I'm glad you're with us also. You know, the Bible says where two or three of us are gathered together, Jesus is with us. Amen. Jesus is with us tonight. Amen. It's just marvelous. And the, the Bible also says that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. That's right. And we can get the devil out of our lives if he's made his way in. Amen. But, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about this week, how to build a wall of defense to make sure the devil never gets into your life. And if he's already gotten in, how do you get him out? It's going to really be helpful. What else were you going to say, Joel? I want to tell you guys about a new book. This is called Last Day's Survival Guide, written by Rick Renner. Does that name seem familiar to you? I think I know that person pretty well. But Dad's always writing books. He really believes that he has something to say. The Spirit of God is telling him what to write. And I think it's amazing that the Holy Spirit told him what to write. And this book, I really believe, has answers for people. And it's called Last Day's Survival Guide. And why is it a survival guide? Because at the end of every chapter, he gives action steps, really good action steps. I've read the whole book. At the end of every chapter, there's an action step, several of them. How we can, how, how do we navigate through these times we're in? And the book is so many facts, so many statistics about the, stat, the status of where we are right now. And I think this book will help you. If you don't know how to deal with some of your family members, how do you respond to some of your neighbors, your coworkers? This book will help you. And so how do people order that book? You can go to Renner.org. You can go to wherever books are sold, really. But the best deal is on Renner.org right now. And you can order it right now, but it, it's going to be released on August 18th, and we'll be shipping it probably in August. But you can order it right now. Hey, Paul, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to all of you. We're so glad that you join us faithfully. And this home group is a place for discussion. So please comment. Ask us questions right there during the program. We want to hear your thoughts and feedback from you. It's so important that this becomes a true home group. Home group, welcome. So glad to be with you. And if you're a partner with us, thank you. Thank you so much. You are helping us touch so many people with the Word of God. Thank you. And, and we are reaching out to those right now who are homeless and those who are having trouble taking care of themselves. And you, with us, you're with us. You're helping us feed them. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Well, you know, this week on the regular television program, I'm doing a whole series called how to keep the devil out of your life. And That's right now you can go online at renner.org and download the study guide for free. Isn't that right? That's right. You know, that's, that, this TV program, this series you're talking about is amazing. Thank you, Joel. It's just, it's real answers. How do you get the devil out of your life if he's made his way in? And how do you build a barrier so he doesn't get in? But we want you to download this. It's free. You can just go there right now. And every night this week and next week, because we're going to do this for two weeks, you can go through these notes with us. And we're also offering you the whole series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. It's 10 parts. And right now we're offering Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy and my book called Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill. It's become a classic. If you don't have Dress to Kill, you need to have Dress to Kill. But... I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5 
And tonight we're going to begin in verse 7. Are you guys ready? Verse 7. Father, we thank you for helping us tonight as we open the scripture. Help us see what we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when you come to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, there is a verse that I hated for years. I just nearly hated it. And I really used the word hate very carefully. I didn't understand this verse. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't like it. So when I came to this chapter, I would skip over verse 7. Really? Because I just didn't understand it. Well, what does it say? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And the first time I heard that was from the lips of Kenneth Hagin. And I heard Kenneth Hagin say worry was a sin and that God's will was for us to cast our care on the Lord. I thought worry is a sin. Well, wait a minute. If worry is a sin, then I'm in sin all the time because I'm worried about everything all the time. And I don't know how to live my life free of care. I just didn't know how to do that. And in fact, when Denise and I first got married, I worried about everything. I worried about what my pastor thought. I worried about what the church thought. I worried about how I looked. I worried if I was good enough. I worried if I was producing enough fruit. I just worried, 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 worried all the time. And in fact, I was so consumed with worry that I ended up in the hospital, Denise, you remember, and they gave me bags of blood because of a bleeding ulcer. Now listen to this. You know, one thing about worry is it makes you delusional. It makes you like drunken on the cares of life. Mm -hmm. And there I am in the hospital with blood pouring into my arm. This was in 1981. And while I'm laying in the hospital bed, I'm looking at the news, and the evening news says, we announced tonight that the blood bank of the United States has been tainted with a new disease. And at that time, they had just discovered AIDS. They didn't even have a name for it yet. And I'm watching the news, as the newscaster says, many people in the hospitals receiving blood are being infected with this killer disease. Well, there I am in the hospital because of worry. I'm receiving blood, and I'm hearing that the blood bank is tainted, and I'm looking at the blood flowing into my arm, and I begin to worry that maybe I was one of those that had been tainted with the killer disease. And then it continued to say that the killer disease could be communicated through sexual contact. And I begin to worry if I'm intimate with Denise, am I going to give the disease, the disease to Denise? And worry just began to eat me up and eat me up and eat me up. And finally, I said to Denise, long after I was released from the hospital, worrying all the time, am I carrying a killer disease in my blood? And I said, I've got to go to the doctor and have a test. So I went to the doctor and said, I want to have an AIDS test. I was embarrassed to even say I wanted to have an AIDS test. And they gave me the AIDS test. And as I walked out in front of everybody in the reception room, the receptionist who went to our church said, Brother Renner, thank you for coming in to get that AIDS test. <laughs> and I thought, Everybody in the world, in the room, just heard that I had an AIDS test. What are they all going to think about me? And then I began to worry that they were all wondering why I was having an AIDS test. Well, my point is, I just lived in a constant state of worry and anxiety. And in fact, if I didn't worry, I began to worry 
about why I wasn't worried. And Denise can tell you, I could really stir up fret and anxiety in those early days. I mean, a peaceful moment could be shattered by me just stirring myself up. Wow. But when you come to this verse, this verse says it is not God's will for us to carry cares and anxiety and worries. Mm -hmm. In fact, verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. The word care that is used there is the Greek word merimno. It describes cares that usually have to do with something physical like clothes or housing or your bills or food. And that's what most people worry about. Most people worry about how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to feed their family, how they're going to get by. And this verse says, it is not God's will for me or you ever, ever to carry those kinds of worries. And in fact, it says we are to cast our cares upon him. Okay, do you guys know what that word casting means? It is a Greek word that was specifically used to describe a man who was carrying a heavy burden on his shoulders. I don't know if you've ever been to the Middle East, but often when you go to the Middle East, you'll see men even to this day, especially in Egypt, carrying such amazing weights. I mean, it is nearly crushing. In fact, it is so crushing, if you carry that much weight for very long, it will begin to affect you physically, emotionally. It will begin to break your health. That's the word that is used here. But when a man was carrying a heavy, heavy weight, so heavy that normally it would crush him, he would call on somebody to bring him a beast. Usually it was a camel or it was a donkey. And when that beast came right alongside of him, he would heave and he would push the weight off of his shoulders over onto the back of that beast. Now the burden didn't disappear. It was just transferred to the back of a beast that was able to carry it. Mm. And this verse never says there's nothing to worry about. It just says you don't have to carry it. Mm. And Jesus is our beast of burden. That's what this verse says. He literally is saying, call me alongside of you. You're carrying something heavier than you know how to carry. If you keep worrying, if you keep living under this load, it's going to break your health. It's going to steal your joy. It's going to really affect you. You're not made for this. Your shoulders are not that big. Let me be your beast of burden. Jesus says, push heave, roll it over onto me. And here's the amazing thing. Even if the burden is still there, Jesus walks alongside of us and he carries it for us. Wow. And we are free. Praise Jesus. That's what that verse is about. Casting all your care on him. And then the rest of the verse says, for he cares for you. And that word care really carries the idea of fret. But in this case, it's very positive. It's the picture of Jesus hovering over us, so concerned about us that he is nearly fretting over us. Please don't carry that. Please put that on me. I'm asking you, please don't live under that kind of stress. Please roll that over on me. He's fretting over us, and he's wanting us to transfer the full weight of whatever we're carrying onto his shoulders. I did not know how to do that. And there was another verse that really, really bothered me, and it was in Matthew chapter 6. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. 
It literally means don't worry, don't worry at all. How do you do that? I did not know how to do that. Wait, then you go down to verse 31 and Jesus says it again. Therefore, take no thought. Don't worry. Don't worry about anything at all. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? Worrying about physical needs and paying bills. That's what most people worry about, by the way. And then when you go to verse 34, it says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't even worry about your future. Matthew chapter 6 was another chapter that I just jumped right over. Because those verses confronted me, and I did not know how to do those verses. But wait, there was one more, Philippians chapter 4. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Boy, this one really did me in. And when you come to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, be careful for nothing. That word nothing means nothing at all. The verse literally means don't worry. That means don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything at all. Here I was, a newly married man. Denise and I just got married. I worried about everything. Well, the truth is, we didn't make much money in those days. The church that we were serving paid us $100 a week. That was our big increase. When we got married, I was making $50 a week. Then they increased us to $100 a week. We had weeks when I didn't know how to buy food, when I didn't know if we were going to have enough money to put gas in the tank, I was worried about finances. I was worried about bills. I was worried about taking good care of Denise and Paul, who was a new baby at that time. I was worried about people's impressions of me. I just lived consumed with worry. And there I was in that hospital with blood pouring into my body, hearing that a silent killer disease was in the blood bank of the United States, wondering now if I was infected with blood, going to the doctor and getting embarrassed and worried about what people thought. Just worry, 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 worry. And I remembered the words of the doctor when I was in the hospital. His name was Dr. Ross. He came in. He said on the side of the bed, I was 24 years old. And he said, Rick, you got to put worry away. Mm. This worry is killing you. You are 24 years old. You cannot live like this. And I said, Dr. Ross, I don't know how to live without worry. And you know what made it even tougher? I thought worrying was being responsible. I connected worry with responsibility. One reason is because in the church that I grew up in, we were always talking about, do you have a burden? Do you have a burden for the lost? Do you have a burden from the Lord? Do you have a burden? Do you have a burden? And as a young man, I kind of got the impression that if you were not burdened about something, then you were just not serious. You were not spiritually responsible. You needed to be burdened if you were a Christian. And somehow it got into my head that if you had a lighthearted moment, there was something wrong with you. And in fact, when Denise and I went on our honeymoon, she just wanted to have a lighthearted time. And I was so worried on that honeymoon. And when we had a moment when I was not worried, I began to worry that I wasn't worried. And I would just stir it up. And Denise would say, Rick, 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 it's going to be okay. I was literally eaten up with a disease of worry. 
And Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your care upon him. Mm-hmm. Push, heave, roll it over unto him. Jesus wants to come alongside of you. He wants to come alongside of me and be our beast of burden to carry all the weight. I'm not telling you to close your eyes and ignore the problems. The problems are real, but you don't have to carry them because Jesus will carry them for you. He really will, but you're the only one that can roll it over on his shoulder. But look at verse 8, the very first part of the verse. The very first thing Peter says next is, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And let me tell you, friends, when you are walking in worry, the devil will devour you. It opens a door for the enemy to absolutely devour you. And you got to look at that word sober in context of both of these verses. Because in verse 7, it describes a person carrying weight, carrying worry, carrying anxiety. Peter says, cast it over on the Lord. And then he says in the next verse, be sober. That word sober, guys, is the Greek word nephuo. It means think straight, not like a silly drunk. So you have to think about a drunk for a moment. What is a drunk like? Well, when a person is under the influence, they don't think right. When a person is under the influence, they don't talk right. When a person is under the influence of alcohol, any drunk will tell you sometimes they even see things that are not really there. Hmm. And here in this verse, we find the Holy Spirit telling us that worry has an intoxicating effect. Now, if you've ever worried, you know what I'm talking about. Because worry begins to spin out of control. You begin with a small worry. It begins to grow. It begins to get bigger. You begin to be eaten up by worry. And then finally, you begin to worry about things that are not even realistic. You begin dreaming up things to worry about. Why? Because you're under the intoxicating effect of worry. It affects how you see situations. When you're under worry, it affects what you hear other people say. You can't hear them clearly because you're so affected. You're so clouded by your worry. And when you are under the intoxicating effect of worry, you will even worry about things that are not really there. They're imaginary. But they will seem very real to you because you're under the intoxicating effect of worry. And when that door opens, the devil comes in and he begins to devour. He begins to devour. Denise? Well, I'm thinking about um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Isn't that powerful? Oh, you know I love this verse, Rick. I know you do. I love it too now. Because it's that Jesus is telling us to live one day at a time. And even yesterday, I was talking to somebody, and she'd been struggling with sickness, and and (laughs) she'd get better, and then she'd... She'd relapse and again. And, and so yesterday I was talking to her and she said, I am going to live today. I am not worrying about tomorrow. I thought, you're getting your mind renewed. That's awesome because that's how Jesus told us to live, to not worry about tomorrow. I'm not talking about not to be responsible for what you need to do tomorrow. But if you worry and worry and worry about tomorrow, It steals your energy and your focus to your today. That's right. 
And if you focus on today, you can use your energy to prepare for tomorrow. That is so good. It is so true. You can fortify yourself today. Yes. And you'll be stronger for tomorrow. That is so good, Denise. Thanks. This is the way Jesus told us to live. So if he told us to live this way, we know that it's going to bear good fruit. Wait, are you telling Jesus didn't lie? No, never. So when Jesus said, don't worry about anything, he really meant we can live like that? Well, he not even meant it. It was a command. It was a command. It's not a suggestion. Take no thought. It is a command. It's, it's not a suggestion. God knows that if we carry what we're not designed to carry, it breaks our health. Yeah. It steals our joy. People are destroyed by worry. Paul, what were you going to say? Worry can be a temptation for many people. Oh, it is a temptation. So, sometimes it's something that people just naturally gravitate to. For other people, it's a sense of responsibility. But for some people, almost like pornography is a temptation or like overeating is a temptation, worry could be a temptation. You gravitate towards worrying and, and you can't really... You feel like, you feel like you it's can't do flesh. anything about it, but yeah. you can. Yeah. And Jesus tells you to not do it. You know, Paul, thank you so much for saying that because when I made the decision that I was not going to worry, worry still knocked on my door. Mm. Bam, 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 bam. Wanted to know if I would answer. Mm -hmm. And I had to make a decision. I'm not going to answer that door. And we can't be insensitive to each other. Because some people worry about worrying or worry about worrying about worrying. And just because somebody else is worrying, you don't need to be a judgmental of them. You just need to help them to know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But some people don't have a problem with worry at all. Some people just, I know someone, he doesn't worry about anything. And he doesn't worry about anything to the point that I think maybe he should be worried about something. <laughs> His oh. light hardness begins to worry me. Like... I should be worrying for him since he's not worrying about himself. Well, that's not really worry. That's just being responsible. Okay, well, you understand what I'm saying. Some people don't experience what we're talking about. The temptation that we're talking about. And so it's important to be sensitive to other people and understand that it's their weakness. You may have another weakness. But, you know, most people do deal with worry. They worry about their church. They worry about what's going on at their church. They worry about the nation. They worry about politics. They worry about sickness. They worry about finances. Most people deal with worry. But you know what? Some people have been in that trap for so long they don't even recognize they're in a trap. It's just become their way of thinking. Denise? I want to say something very comforting about this verse to me. Because Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, a few years ago when I was in a really difficult situation and it was like I was living one day at a time for sure. That was a comfort to me because Jesus said, okay, Denise, you don't have to live tomorrow. Just live today. Mm -hmm. And I think some of you that are listening are facing really, really difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring that word of comfort to you like the Holy Spirit brought it to me. You just have today. Mm -hmm. Yesterday's gone. You don't have tomorrow yet. And he gives you enough grace to make it through. Today. This day. Amen, Denise. Joel? I think about what you said about Dr. Ross. How he told you, young man, you cannot worry like this for the rest of your life. 
And sometimes we really need someone just to come up beside us and sober us up, to tell us the truth, to get back in line. It might not be very nice, but it will definitely help you. And I think that's the truth. People really you need people in your life who will sober you up, who will make things more objective. Well, that's what this home group is about tonight. You know, I have to say that in my life, Denise is a very strong voice. These guys are a strong voice. Philip is a strong voice. My team is a strong voice. And worry still occasionally tries to knock on my door. Not very often. These guys will tell you, I really don't worry. You know one reason? As you get older, you find out it is such a waste of time. Worry is such a waste of time. You can't even do anything about what you're worried about anyway. And as you get older and the longer you walk with the Lord, you find out God is faithful and everything you're worried about is going to pass. Life and walking with God teaches you everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. But if worry knocks on my door and I feel concerned about something, you know, we as Christians, we don't use the word worry. <laughs> we say we're concerned. And if I feel concerned about something, I will say to my team, to Denise and to the guys, I'm feeling a little concerned. And you know what? Just like you give a good cup of coffee to a drunk to sober him up, they'll just look at me and say, nothing to be concerned about. And you know, usually, if you begin to speak with rational people, worry will unravel. Mm -hmm. Because when you bring it into the light, you can see how ridiculous it is. Isn't that amazing, Denise? Yeah, well, it's really important. I want to encourage you also, if you are worrying, and you, maybe you're even ashamed of it. Well, don't keep it in the dark. Don't just keep it to yourself. You need to tell somebody that you're afraid, you're worried about this, because then you get a chance to be delivered from it. Oh, but be if, delivered. But if you just keep it inside, it's really difficult. But when you open it up, the light begins to shine on that darkness. You know, just as we're speaking tonight, I feel there are people that may need prayer. In this area, if it's you, we want to pray with you. You can call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us your prayer request, prayer at runner.org. And please download, it's free, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life and order the series, the whole series. It is so powerful. How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. But I feel like we need to pray for people right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak freedom. Amen. Lord, you told us in Luke chapter 4 and in Isaiah chapter 61, that you were anointed to set the captives oh, yes. free. That word free, the Greek word ephiami, it means permanent dismissal. I speak freedom to you from worry, from fret, from anxiety. Close the door so the devil can find no more entrance to devour you. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. amen. You know, Denise, I was just thinking about devouring because when you're worried, the devil devours your attention. He just eats it up. Mm -hmm. He devours your relationships with one another because you can't focus on what he just devours, devours, devours. He's devours. a thief. Your sleep. He takes your sleep. He takes your health. He just is a devourer. But what can you do to keep him out? What can you do to make sure the devil never gets in in the first place? That's what we're going to see tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, we're going to tell you about the naked lady. Don't miss tomorrow night. We're going to tell you about the naked lady. It's going to be great, but we're out of time. Guys, we're praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Wow, wasn't that a great teaching? My friends, I want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and comment on that video you just watched so more people can see it.